You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host, Logan Rankin. How are you, Logan? Doing fantastic today, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about over the next few episodes. And uh, for anybody that hasn't listened to Logan's original episode, where we interviewed Logan and what talked about Logan's journey to financial independence and financial freedom, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because it's a great episode, super inspiring and and super motivating. And we wanted to have Logan back and go through really some step-by-step actionable items, um, mindset stuff, and say, how do we really help as many people in the audience that really want to be financially independent, financially free, so, Logan, thank you for coming back and doing this up this uh, series with us. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. And I think I by the third episode, we're going to give you guys away uh, just a ton of information that will help you guys break away and, and gain more control over your financial well-being. Yeah, awesome. So let's 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 dive in and let's start, Logan, with the problem. And, you know, um, when I say the problem, like what's one of the first things that come to your comes to your head? When I say the when and, and I mean the problem with with people out there is the problem with their money, right? And what we're taught and why why we're struggling and why people uh, kind of go through their lives really banging their head up against the wall. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest problems is lack of control and not understanding or trusting other people with your money more than yourself. Not understanding that money has to move uh, instead of handing it over to somebody and unfortunately having them move it for you or them having the control over it. So it's that confidence to have as much confidence in yourself, I feel like as, as people have in strangers that they don't even know. You know, you said something, uh, Logan, that you said a lot right there in those, in those two points because we don't have confidence in ourselves, but we have confidence in other people and really for no reason. They haven't, we don't know, we didn't ask them to give us 10 people that they've made you know, millions of dollars for or got people that they've uh, created a financial freedom plan for, right? In the sales pitch of these people, every one of them is exactly the same, Logan. And I know that you've been through this I'm sure multiple times, but here's the sales pitch. What do you have? Um, where is it? Oh, I can do so much better than that. Right. And to me, it seems crazy that people would go, okay, yeah, you know what? You're a better sales guy than the last sales guy. 
And when I say guy, I mean men, men or women. And, um, and they're selling us clubs. And what I mean by that is if you and I were going to go play golf tomorrow at Augusta, right? And I gave you the choice of one of two things. By the way, I wish we were going to play golf tomorrow at Augusta. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to either give you Tiger Woods clubs, and we're going to assume for a minute those are the best clubs money can buy, or I'm going to give you his swing. Which one do you want? The swing. The swing, because I'm pretty sure he could take any club and beat both of us, right? Well, maybe not right now. Okay, maybe I should have used uh, somebody <laughs> else as an example since he's injured. But, you know, Logan, what you learned and what I've learned is the swing. Okay, but somebody else can't swing the club for you. That just doesn't make any sense in most things in life. And it makes it, it doesn't make sense in money in your life. I totally agree. And I think that's where we could we could draw so many different analogies, but probably one of the best. And I know you even were one, the financial advisor, right? Um, we even call them a financial advisor. And you would think that they would their job would be to advise you, to help you with your money. But how many people do you know or how many people are listening right now that have a financial advisor and know the same amount from day one? to you know day on on five years with them they're not advising if you're not learning and i think that that, that therein lies the problem when you work so hard for your money and you're willing to turn that hard because I, I think that's not, not not the problem right now i think a lot of people work really really hard for their money but i think a lot of people are not taking the next step and educating themselves to make sure that their money works hard for them and instead they make choices of taking that money, hand it over to a financial advisor that probably doesn't understand money either, right? They're the middleman, they're the people in between. Um, and uh, I, I would even ask them, it's the questions, because right, you don't need to know everything about money. But I don't understand where in society we thought it was okay to turn our hard-earned money over to a stranger, uh, to a financial advisor, and not ask them simple questions like, hey, I'm giving you my money because I want to be retired. I want to be financially free. Are you? Right. When do you want to be financially free? What is your net worth? All these things that you're advising me on, are you doing that too? And we don't ask those questions. We're just, we just don't know what to do with the money. And we, we somehow believe because society has told us that that financial advisor does. So we just hand that all over. And then we leave more confused than when we got there. Like that's not, that's not advising. No, but you know what? You, you Logan, you hit on something. They want us confused. Because if, they're, if we're confused and we don't know what questions to ask, then guess what? We can't question them. Right. But if you think about it, how many people do you know, and a lot of business owners fall into this, is you, you, you tell them something, something with real estate or something, you give them an idea and they say, let me check with my CPA on that. You're right? Or I would have to run this by my CPA. And I always ask them the same question, Logan, that you just asked. Is your CPA wealthy? Yeah. And they say, well, I think he does okay. And so, okay, great. Then if you're going to take your advice from him, then you're going to do okay as well. Maybe. Is that what you're trying to do is do okay? And, and when we have the confidence through preparation, right? If you think about it, education is preparation, right? And, um, 
the only way to educate yourself is to, to take action and start to learn something. Call people. I mean, be a pain in the, I mean, remember the kid that always would raise their hand and everybody around would go, oh, is that another question? Are you going to ask another question? Guess what? That kid learned everything they needed to learn. The kid over there twiddled his thumbs and said, I already knew that answer. No, they don't. Right. And uh, so, um, you know, you, that confidence, confidence is a skill set, right? You're confident. If I said, hey, you know what, uh, there's a, somebody has a, you know what somebody might think is a big deal. Let's say it's $50 million uh, real estate deal. You know, maybe seven years ago, you'd say, I have no idea how to take that down, right? I have no idea how to get that deal from soup to nuts, okay? But now you'd go, oh, no problem, I got that deal. In fact, people probably come to you, Logan, and say, Logan, I've got this great deal, you know, do you wanna work with me on it? And you say, well, tell me about it, right? And if it's worth your time, then you do it. And guess what? You're teaching them, they're getting the education, it's a win-win. But the financial advisor doesn't do that, right? It's a win for them. No matter what, it's a win for them. No matter what, and that like, that's that's what really irks me, Jim, is because, you know, have we all heard this? Don't worry, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. I can't get this this replays in my mind over and over because my my parents told me this, society told me this, and certainly I've sat down with financial advisors that have said this too. You're going to have the downs, so just ride it out. Keep your money with me. Yeah. ride it out. I, I don't want the downs. Like right. wh when did it be okay? When did it be okay to, to seek financial advice where they're telling you up front, they're not going to deliver for you. I mean, I know not everything goes wrong. Things happen, but right up front, they're setting the stage that you're going to still pay me and things are going to go wrong. And as long as you don't take the money away from me, as long as you let me keep your money and I keep charging you fees, that just, we're just going to ride it out. Well, I mean, maybe that is how a lot of society thinks money management works, but that's, that is not. And that's what I'm so excited to get, get into these later episodes uh, to help people with, because that is not just because that is the only thing you have ever heard or the only thing you ever been told just for a second, forget what, forget what everybody said. Think about the, how absurd it is to give somebody your money where they blatantly tell you. I'm going to deliver for you some years and some years I'm going to do horrible and I'm still going to rake my 1% and you just got to ride it out because overall in the, in the long run through compound interest, I'll get you, I hope I'll get you to where you want to be. Hope's not a plan. And what do you have a plan that instead of going like this up, down, up, down, is there a plan that we could just like, like, I, we could control my money more and, and forget those downturns. We forget, or my money's not locked up and, and I have more control over it. Just like if, if people would just question what they've been told, because I get it. I was told that too. You were told that too, right? We, you and I talk about this offline all the time. That's just how we grew up like that. I heard that. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like we're going to have downs, but if as long as I keep my money there and I keep investing, eventually they'll go back up. But we never thought, or most people don't think, what happens if it just, if you could invest it in something you understood more, you had more control over and, and, and you weren't predicting those doubts. Yeah. I mean, again, Logan, you make so many good points. I mean, think about what we're, what 
like you said, people are told, you know, you start to work and then you're going to start to save money. And if you read the richest man in Babylon, it, you know, it'll tell you to save 10% of everything you earn. So you're going to save 10% and, and then you're going to earn money on that 10%, right? For 20, 30, 40 years. And then at some point in time, you're going to turn on this income stream and hope you don't run out of money. Like you said, hope is not a strategy. So, but think about that. But let's say you're more fortunate than that. You start a business, you sell the business, you have some kind of windfall, maybe inherited it. Here comes your financial advisor saying, well, what you want to do, Logan, because obviously you can't do it. You want to give me your money to manage. And I'm going to tie it up for 20, 30, 40 years, but it's going to be, it's, it's, it's doing the best thing for you. Now, when you just say that out loud, it doesn't make sense, right? It does not make sense because motion is a law of God. Air has to flow in and out of our bodies or we die. Blood has to flow through our veins or we die. Water has to flow or it becomes stagnant and money has to flow or it dies, right? But the goal is not, we're not told the right goal. The goal is not to retire someday, right? I mean, if we were professional golfers, when would we want to retire? Never. Right. If we love to play golf, I mean, if somebody would pay me to play golf, I would never want to stop. Right. So why why do you think? Is it just that people have been told this so many times that you can't control it? You're not smart enough. You're not capable. Or do you think it's something bigger than that? Yeah, I I think it's it's probably a little bit of both. It probably is something bigger that we'll get into in these next couple of episodes. But I certainly think it's the first is the, it, that 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 is what we were told. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were. To, I mean, there's a reason why the 401k uh, doesn't let you touch your money until you're 59 and a half. Yeah. Like, who put that regulation on? I I I mean, s- small small story, but I I was coaching somebody uh, a couple that's 47, and they saw a fi- financial advisor at 40. And they wanted to retire at 50, make a lot of money, right? And they thought they could do it at 50. I'm coaching them, I'm going over their assets and the majority of it is in a 401k. Just think about that for a second, right? Like their ultimate goal is to retire at 50. They started seeing the financial advisor at 40. They're 47 now, everything's tied up. Almost everything is tied up in a 401k. Um, uh, And I mean, they can't access it for another nine and a half. It doesn't even align. And, and that's like, we'll get into that stuff later, but they'll, they'll, you know, this isn't about like, there is good financial advisors out there that actually do advise, right? And there is other good investments. And, but I think the point that we're trying to say is, and when we talk about, you know, you needed to survive for things to flow, same thing with your money. For, for you to be able to thrive with your money, it needs to move and it should move through you. And you should have an understanding if, if you're going to let it move through something else. So I too let my money move through a 401k, but I didn't understand it, right? I didn't understand when I put it in there. And when I did understand that my hard earned money was th- flowing through a 401k that w- and that investment would not let it flow back to me without significant penalty until I was 59 and a half, that pissed me off because it is your money. 
And we're talking about taking control of your money here. And there's a lot of ways to be able to do it that to back to answering your question, Jim, that we just don't teach. And instead we put tools in front of people to try to make it easier. And you know, that, that lies the problem. Cause I, I, again, back to what we talked about in the beginning is people work so hard. I get it. You get, you get, it's hard to get out of the rat race. You work so hard for your money, but then you don't know what to do with it. Cause you never were taught in school and everybody around you probably doesn't know what to do with it. And it's, it's hard to think, to, to find a way to put that money to work in a way that's not, uh, that you still retain control of it. And obviously that's the purpose of you and I wanted to, you know, do a few episodes to help people and maybe they can watch this and equip themselves with a few things that they weren't taught so that money can continue to flow through them, not through the banks, you know, not, not through a 401k and maybe not even through a financial advisor. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, it's funny because the noise, like you're talking about Logan, it teaches us to want things, you know, advertisement, it teaches us to want the new car, the want the new truck, the want the bigger house. All of these reality TV shows teach us the want to have the bigger lifestyle, the bigger boat, and all of that. And it doesn't say, hey, all of those are liabilities, right? It just says you should want those, those you should desire those. But um, it's it's we want to buy assets to replace us, to replace our time. And so, you know, one of the great quotes that Nelson Nash would always say is, if some authoritative power distributed all of the money in the world equally, now that's what some people want, right? They want redistribution of the money. He said within 10 years time, 97% of all of the money in the world would be under the control of 3% of the people. And you know what, the, and why he said that would happen, Logan, is exactly what you said is those 3% know how to get money to flow to them instead of away from them. And I like the way you said it, through them, because it would flow to them, through them, and then back out into motion, right? Which is how we create velocity of money. So, you know, when you when you watch somebody that says, well, you know, I made all these dollars because I'm super talented in this or that, or my family has money, and you think, oh, that's, that's what I want to be. But what if you could live in a, if you want to live in a $20 million house, you can live in a $20 million house. You just have to buy assets that are going to pay for that house. Right. And how you start off, do you start off by buying a hundred million dollar portfolio? No, you start off by educating yourself, finding the mentor that knows how to buy the hundred million dollar uh, company. You know, I, I was in a meeting on Monday to look at a business that happens to be a freight airline, right? And it's 1.1 billion. So, you know, I'm in the room. So that means, guess what? I'm up the plate, right? Yeah. I got the bat in my hand. I mean, you know, maybe I'm looking for the bat. The bat would be the 1.1 billion. But, but at least I'm waiting for the bat boy to run over and hand me something that I can swing. But, you know, I mean... That's what's fun. Now, you know what? In the last four days, I've called seven people that have a billion dollars or more that have bought freight airlines. I'm educating myself on that business, right? One of these times, I'm going to get that. And, um, and so 
I love, by the way, you're one of the things I love about what you guys do is you're not just telling people, Hey, you should do this. You're coaching them. We do the same thing at create tailwind with just mindset and infinite banking. And you do the same thing with mindset and real estate and infinite banking. I mean, you're showing people here's what we're doing and here's how we can help you. I mean, Tony Robbins says it really well. If you want something, find somebody that has what you want and do what they did. Okay. That's how you read and learn that. Right. And maybe reach out to them and see if they'll help you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, I think that's key. And if you and I do our jobs right, you know, and teach eventually, like I always say, as I'm coaching eventually, uh, you know, unlike, uh, maybe some of the financial advisors, you don't, you won't become dependent on me. If I do my job right, you won't need me eventually. And right. our conversations will be a lot of fun and we'll help each other. Um, but like the best sign of a coach is you know, you can, you can, you can coach someone to understand these concepts and eventually be able to do it on their own. And I think everybody does need, you don't need to understand everything necessarily about money, but you need to be, you need to understand enough to be dangerous and certainly enough to make sure that that money moves back to you and through you so that you can take advantage of all your hard work. Like I just, that's the thing that is so frustrating and the, you know, why I'll continue to coach and educate people because um, I feel like a lot of people are getting taken advantage. I feel like I was taken advantage and it all starts with not understanding money and how it works and how it should work. And um, I think everybody should have that opportunity to take it in their own hands. Yeah. And you know, you said, and, and again, how it flows, right? Because you understand how money flows in, and, and um, you know, something that we talked about at, 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 a, at a breakfast meeting a few weeks ago. And I think that you just, it, it was the right timing. You, and you said it, we were talking about how, when you run real estate or you, or you um, have a business or whatever, you're a business owner. People say they're real estate investors, right? And, it, and, and you know what I think they say that is because they still can't get this thing out of their head that we're supposed to be investors. Yeah. Right? And we're not supposed to be in control because an investor isn't in control. Somebody else is. Talk yeah. about that. You said some great things on how, do, how you look at real estate and being in business. Yeah, I think, I mean, two things on those points. Because, I, I mean, I love real estate. I mean, I, I'm getting close to $150 million portfolio in real estate. So I, I better like it. But what I like more is business. And the only reason I have almost $150 million portfolio in real estate is because I understand how to operate real estate. And in, in the and, and real estate itself, especially the real estate that I buy, it isn't most people look at them as properties. And, um, you know, but if you buy something that's five units or more, you know, I like to be around 100 units. That's a business that you're buying. I own a lot of businesses. People think I own a lot of properties. And that's that's what I was sharing with you. That's where I think people get confused in real estate. You own a business. Money passes into your business and comes from your business. That's all it is. And the better you can sharpen your skills, you don't need to know anything, but the better you can sharpen your skills and figure out how do I increase the income of my business, right? Through rents, through internet, through pet fees, through whatever that also enhances the experience for the resident. And how do I minimize expenses, right? And how do I, you might be, I'm gonna spend some money 
I'm going to invest some money in my business by rehabbing a unit and taking it from all carpet to all luxury vinyl plank, from taking it from not painted to painted in a modern gray, from white appliances to stainless steel appliances. And let's say you spend $5,000 on that unit. But if you can increase that unit by $150 a month, that's $1,800 a year. And $1,800 divided by $5,000 is a 36% return on your money, right? right. Just yeah. by understanding that, that, that right there, right there in that one small example of that unit, that is what I'm talking about with moving money that people don't understand. I, I took my own money and I put it into my business, i.e. the uh, apartment. Then that that money in, it, it, it invested in the business produced $150 more, $1,800 more in a year. That $1,800 flowed back to me. Now, what do I do with the $1,800? And here's the key. Once that moves back to you, it's hot potato time. I don't want that. I let it stack and I invest it again. Like, and, 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 and see, it's an easy concept. And obviously, I don't want to get into more of what we're going to get into in these future episodes. But um, at the end of the day, you want to keep that money. That's what I think that's what a lot of people, I want to make sure people understand that in this episode. That's what we mean by moving money. I moved, I spent five, I invested that $5,000 in business, $1,800 came back. Every year that money creeps up. I can't keep it here. I can't keep it, not even with me. I don't, it has to move through me back into something else returns goes back over and over and over again where i think and by the way today so like this is something we'll absolutely talk about in the next episode it paid me that month it didn't pay me what else 59 and a half right, right. Like, I, I think people have to understand when you that's the that's velocity of money right that's a great <laughs> example of velocity of money and velocity of money pays you now screw compound interest <laughs> screw keeping your money into a vehicle you never see so I, I ask this all the time to people I coach. So how much money did your 401k make last year? First of all, almost nobody knows and they don't even know what it's invested in and they don't know the fees. And then they'll say something like, oh, last year was pretty good last year, like 17%. I said, no, no, no. How much money did you get from your 401k? And they're like, well, 17%. No, I said, how much money? And they'll grab their phones, right? And you know, they, they'll look and they'll be like, oh, like, $8,200. I said, where is it? And that's another blank stare because it's not in your checking account and you can't move that $8,200 back into another. It's stuck there. Um, so, you know, another thing, Logan, that I like to ask people that you could add to that is now how much of that is yours and how much of it is the government's? <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? They, the only answer they can give you is I don't know because the government won't tell me. Well, wait yeah. a minute. Like let, if, if, if you and I were gonna go in the business and I said, look, okay, we're gonna both own the business. And you said, well, how much do I own? Well, don't worry, I'll tell you that later, Logan, don't worry. But, but I mean, you'd think, well, I don't wanna be in business with Jim, right? Now your partners in a 401k with the government and guess who has all the control? The government, Yeah. guess who's gonna make sure that they get their money. But I think the ultimate thing that I see where people control money is banks right? Everybody holds money in a commercial bank. In fact, most people, their money is deposited there automatically. So before they even wake up the next morning, the bank has already put that money in motion, like you said. Okay. Now, by the way, a bank is a business. Okay. So I'm saying they're doing what businesses should do. They take your money, which is a liability to them. It's not moving. 
So money not moving is a liability, right? What do they do? They put it in motion, just like Logan said, and they loan it to a borrower who then has to pay them interest. And then they're going to pay the depositor the smallest amount of interest that they can earn. But in 2016, because you also said something else that people have to understand. In 2016, Bank of America paid their depositors 0.2%, according to their Bauer Financial uh, uh, Annual Report. They, on average, charged their borrowers 5.2%. Now, here's the problem. So many people, Logan, say, well, the bank made 5% more than me, no big deal. But that's not how a business works. Logan just showed you, he just to told you the math is 0.2 goes into uh, 5.2 26 times. That means their profit margin is 2,600%. Yeah. And then something else that you said, when they make that payment, what do they do with it? They loan it out again as fast as they can. Yeah. Right now we can buy assets and have that real estate cash flow. We can run it through our own banking system and do the same thing. And, and I'm really excited to get into infinite banking and real estate, owning a real estate business, okay? Because your infinite banking system is a business. It's a banking business. Real estate is a business. It's, it's, a, it's a business of a lot of things, community, but it's a cash flow business. Because if you're in business, what's number one? Cash flow. Cash flow. How do we manage cash flow? Finance. I mean, it's simple, but not easy, right? Yeah. It, and and um, I, I, I think Einstein, I can never find that. Einstein said simplicity is elusive. <laughs> but you know this, Logan and I know this, is um, if you understand something well enough, you can explain it to a fifth grader. Yeah. And if you can't, then you don't know it well enough. Yeah. So audience, our goal over these next few episodes are to teach you to take control. And everything that we just said, we learned. Nobody came down from heaven and, and handed Logan Rankin the cure to cancer, the cure to financial independence, okay? He learned it. Is it there? Yes. So we're going to help you get on that track. And um, Logan, getting on that track and thinking about that, if you're sitting in the audience and, and you don't know what you know today, what's the one thing that you're going to do between now and next week when the next episode comes out? What's one thing that you can do to start your journey now? Yeah, I think the one thing that we can, and, and you and I both have learned so much this way is grab a book and read it. Like if you, yeah. re if you really want this, instead of, you know, uh, the Netflix and chill nights, it's the read and build nights. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's honestly how I did it. I, 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 you know, I didn't, I didn't have anybody around me that understood money and you don't need that either. Like you're in the information age. If you suck at reading or you don't want to read, I'm a, I'm not, I read a book a week and I'm a slow reader. Um, but grab a book, grab a podcast, and just start educating yourself. But don't just read it or don't just listen to the podcast. The only other thing I want to say about this is you got to write your three biggest takeaways, right? Um, I used to write my three biggest takeaways, and then I'd always like 
um, also write a question or something that confused me. So that's a secret. Like I still remember reading about, I didn't, I seriously, I, I, I didn't understand. I read that you, you couldn't get your money back from a 401k until you're 59 and a half. I did not believe it. It confused me like that. I'm not, I'm not, I wrote it down. I remember writing this down. Cause this is what I do have to read a book. My three biggest takeaways, just in case I didn't retain anything, I can look back. And then one confusing or one question mark. I remember writing, can you really not get your own money back that you invested? Uh, and then dig into it, right? Cause you don't need to comprehend everything that you read from a book. I mean, if there's something that's confusing or you have a question, write it down. And I think you alluded to this, then you can either Google it, then you can find somebody like in the, you know, um, like, like you were entering into this um, $1.1 billion deal you found seven people that knew more than you. I mean, right. you, you can find other people to help you with that, but that's the one tip that they should do before the next episode. And we'll take it from there. Yeah. And, and, you know, Logan, I, I love what you just said. And I love what you said about reading the book. And like, um, if, if you're not a good reader or you're a slow reader, it doesn't matter because if you put in an hour or two hours a day of reading, you're going to read more than anybody else anyway. But if you retain it better if you hear it. Audible has just about every book that you could think of on there. And this isn't a commercial for Audible, but I know people that drive a lot and they think, well, I don't have time to read. If you're commuting, I mean, you should not be listening to music. You should not be listening to some sports thing. You should be listening and, and educating yourself and growing your mind and, and then write it down. I mean, heck you could use your phone while you're driving and, um, and take notes while you're driving on your phone. So we have all the technology in the world to do this. And then you know what, Logan, one of the funnest things to do is reach out to the author. Hey, when you said this, I didn't understand that. Or what did you mean? Now I'm not saying all of them are gonna respond to you, but a lot of them will. Because the reason they wrote that book is they're passionate about this, right? So. Um, I'm really excited. I think that really sets the table, Logan, for the next couple of weeks. And um, I just want to thank you for spending the time and, and imparting your energy and your knowledge on, on the audience. And um, I'm really looking forward to this. Thanks, man. Me too. Okay, audience, uh, we're going to end this show the way we always do with the words of Earl Nightingale. So be ready. This is the most important thing that you're ever going to hear in your life. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.